So hi everyone um, and welcome to the latest Everton Fans Forum official podcast and we've got updates from our last meeting with the club on Thursday the 26th of August. So I'm Siobhan Doran, uh, one of the new Forum members and I'm joined by Stan and Andy who's going to introduce themselves um, shortly. We're going to be talking you through the key points raised and hopefully add some context to the minutes that are published on the Everton uh, website. But just to begin to tell everyone this is all of the people on the podcast first one. <laughs> um, so we're going to try our best today. And obviously the three of us are also brand new forum members. So I thought I'd start off with just having a, a little chat about how we're finding the, the forum so far. And then obviously we have to talk about Rafa, the results and, and the transfer window. Um, so Stan, over to yourself. You want to introduce yourself and how you're finding the time on the forum so far? Hello, everyone. Just to note as well that the two out of the three have got heavy colds as well. So excuse me. <laughs> The gruff voices, um, yeah. You know what? It's been it's been great to be involved. It's been very informative. I'm 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 really impressed at some of the people that have joined, or most all of the people that have joined the forum. You know, there's a bit of everything, and there's there's loads of skills, and 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 all like super true blues as well. So, yeah, it's been great for me so far. Yeah, and yourself, Andy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I say, as well as you said, it's it's my first uh, time brand new on the forum. And it's 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 been a real eye opener in, uh, in terms of um, some of the things that we've been discussing. Um, and it was good to meet up with a few people. Um, we met up in the Excelsior on Dale Street the other week, um, and that was that was nice as well to get to know people. There's a few of us uh, newbies uh, who started out recently, uh, so it was nice to to meet up with everyone. It was great in person because obviously everything so far has been online with between ourselves and the club. So it's really good to be able to see um, most of the forum um, in person. And like for me, I, I put a tweet out um, last week just to, around the extent that the fans forum actually does do and get involved in um, and how it's absolutely fantastic. It is a bit of a part time evening job, um, but I'm absolutely loving it so far. And the club do really listen to the fans voices and the forum does really challenge the club on on the topics. And people will see that today as we go through what we covered on the um, 26th. Yeah, Absolutely. it's. Um, this, I think some people might have the wrong wrong idea. It, it's uh, it's all up to the fans forum to uh, decide on players' incomings and outgoings and, <laughs> uh, and the managers. Yeah. But uh, but they do an awful lot of uh, an awful lot of good work behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, guys, then views on Rafa and the results so far. So, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a converted fan of Rafa the Gaffer. <laughs> I think we always knew what he was capable of. He's an achiever, yeah. isn't he? You know, and I think a very, a very brave and astute uh, move by uh, by the chairman as well. You know, looked like a big risk. You know, we we doubted things ourselves, but I think we've been reassured by by the results and the way they're playing as well. And you know, by he's, he's brought players on a budget and he's, he's brought a couple of good ones in. You know, but I think the the, the silence of the crowd sort of reassures you, doesn't it? You know, people have accepted a very little resistance on on the open. Yeah, I just look forward to him getting involved. He knows the score, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely. And I think like Gray and Townsend are Gray so far as well. Like he has got he's a promising player, is he looks fantastic and Townsend as well. I've been really yeah. impressed with it so far. And the way we've come be come back in games and things, it's been like really nice to see and the tactical changes he makes. Um and do you have your views? The speed, well, the speed of the the playing. I mean, the thing with um, uh, Rafa Benitez is that 
you know, in his first interview, I think he was asked about the likely hostility to the, from the fans and stuff. Um, and there was, you know, there's no getting away from it. But he just kept saying, I'm a professional. And, you know, and that's the way he's gone about it, in fairness. You know, he's just got his head down. And, you know, he must have known what the likely um, reaction from a lot of fans would have been. But, you know, he's brushed that aside, just got on with his job. From my, from my perspective, you know, I, I want to see the team do well. And, and that's it. And that's it at the end of the day. And uh, I've, I've just been delighted that more than anything, the speed that they're playing at, you know, they're getting the ball forward quicker. There's nothing worse for me, nothing worse than all this, you know, passing it around the back and, you know, slow, slow build up. It doesn't do anything for me, I must say. Yeah. So I, was, I was really pleased. And uh, I've been delighted with um, the, the Gray and Townsend who have come in, have, have done really, really well. Yeah, Definitely. so hopefully, uh, long may it continue. Hey, Absolutely. so uh, yeah, we'll um, we'll go into the topics then. So, for people obviously listening to the podcast, there's a couple of topics that have short updates and some that have um, longer ones. So, first off, I'm going to hand over to Stan, who's going to give you a, a brief update on the international retail distribution and then the season ticket uh, waiting list. Yeah, so um, international retail distribution, but. What, what's been a big question is that, like, the, the availability of things like kits to people in different countries. Now, I, I learned from from being involved from the forum already how many people from the likes of Norway and other, and other countries uh, regularly come to Everton home and away games, you know. So, um, but it is, a, it is like a, a more complicate, complicated sort of issue because, you know, there are a number of, like, really important deals to the club involved. So, so following the meeting uh, with Fanatics, the Q&A question and answers meeting to be released next week, we'll then review this and reflect, uh, looking to pick, up, pick anything up. It's an area that, that, that the forum is, is pushing hard on and will continue uh, for our international fellow fans. And I must admit, Anne-Marie's a, a proper advocate in this area. She, she, she's really um, flying the flag for the international fans there. Yeah, and with Tony Sampson being the lead of the international group as well, he's been doing a really yeah. fantastic job to keep yeah. that conversation going. Yeah, he's been he's doing he's done loads of me and uh, over the states. And the season ticket waiting list. Well, what the feedback there is that there's a blog article uh, that that's going to be written soon, so that'll give people a bit more information on that. Yeah, I think at the moment on the club site, there's a bit of info, isn't there, about it? And there's like the tiering system yeah. for members and non. Um, but I think this will hopefully give a bit more instructions to people. We have a, we have had a number of questions from fans about how the waiting list works and the likelihood of will they be able to get on it before Bramley Moore and so on. So it'll be good to for the club to release that that blog article. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just going to give a brief update on a campaign um, that we've launched. So Evertonians against Tate. So the Sunday before their first match, as Andy mentioned before, we all met up um, and we decided as a group that we were going to launch this campaign. It's going to be throughout the season, so it wasn't just a one-off for the first um, game. But for the first game, we did uh, launch the campaign through Twitter and other social media and the club to ask fans to send photos of either taking the knee or some gestures, so solidarity um, with the players. And for those who are at Goodison and saw on the screen, as the players took the knee, um, there was fans from all over the world uh, that submitted photos that was put on the screen um, to show that. And we're going to be working with the club going forward each game to to do something different and it's it's going to be around all discrimination within within football 
So just encourage anyone listening to the podcast, if you would like to send in uh, photos, please do so to communications at uh, evertonfansforum.com. And again, the club will um, be reviewing those and using them at games going forward. Yeah, and a really interesting um, project uh, over the last uh, over the last month has been a, a football um, event called the World in One City, where local residents with with connections to over seventeen different countries competed in a mini World Cup. And I was talking to them about Ever- Evertonians against hate, and I literally talked to people around the world, and they were really supportive, and they said, you know, in the future. You know, if there's anything they can ever do to promote things, you know, even supply information information on on different cultures and whatever that they that, but they were re- they were really sort of happy that a big club like Everton uh, would run that kind of campaign. You know, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think a lot of it as well has, has come out on the back of um, you know the, the really appalling treatment that some of the England players got. Following the um, losing yeah. the final, and um, you know it just makes you think, doesn't it? That in this day and age, people can still be filled with such hatred. And um, you know, we all want Goodison to be a place where people feel safe and people feel able to just, you know, come along to the game and enjoy the football. And that's really all it's about. It's it's about you know giving people the freedom to do what they want to do. Yeah, um, and, and you know, and specifically about us, is for us to say, you know, yeah, we're a bunch of Evertonians, and you know, we respect you for whoever you are. As I said in a group, we're trying. You know, the only really colour that matters is blue, and the that matters yeah. is, is, you know, it's Everton, isn't it? So we've all got yeah, love yeah. for Everton. We've got love That's... for the blue and the badge. So all together, all different. There's a new campaign around there somewhere, isn't it? So great, thank you. So then, um, Andy, you're going to give um, an update now on the return of the fans to Goodison and the survey results that came through and also the, the new Premier League uh, purple zones that are coming in. Right, OK. Um, well, it was fantastic getting back to Goodison, wasn't it? It was... Um, it was, it was I've, I've, I've been to... I went to the Wolves game at the end of last season and I was meant to have gone to the Man City game, which is probably why I went to the Wolves game. And it, you know, it wasn't the same. It was nice to be in, but it wasn't the same. Going back on, um, you know, that first game back in Southampton was brilliant. And the club did a survey of um, of fans to ask about, you know, the thoughts about what the, what the match day experience was like and the atmosphere. Over four thousand um, Evertonians who attended the game actually responded, which is a which is a, a really tremendous. To get one in ten, more than one in ten responses from the people in the ground is is really really positive. I think, yeah. and also I think it's 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 good that the the club. This is the first one of the season, uh, you know, doing these sort of uh, surveys, showing a bit of a commitment to to fan consultation, uh, which is you know it, it's good that they're prepared to listen. Um, hopefully they put things into action that, that come out of those surveys. Uh, so it's really good that they, they are um, that they're engaging with us. But in the, in the itself, um, there was a lot of people were concerned before the game um, about being able to get in with uh, digital uh, season tickets. Um, 
the club had before in the week leading up to it, there'd been a lot of scare stories going on. The club allowed uh, fans to um, test their cards beforehand, which was good. Um, and that was reflected, I think, in the uh, in the responses to the survey. Um, so 89% of the fans said that they were either extremely satisfied or very satisfied with their visit uh, to the ground. And 82% uh, declared that they were, you know, satisfied with the overall communication by the club regarding the requirements for admission. Now, I don't know about you two, but I was concerned, I must admit. I'm a bit of a Luddite, so I paid the extra five quid to get me uh, my actual season ticket card. Um, so I wasn't necessarily worried by not being able to get in with my phone, but I was worried about other people. Uh, clogging up the system. So we got there at about 10 to 2. We were in the ground uh, for the first game. Um, but there was, you know, from what I've heard l- later on, leading up to 3 o'clock, there were no queues at all, really. The people were straight through, very few queues anyway, and people were straight through uh, to into the into the ground, which I thought was great. Um, and um, fairly easy going on the... Um, we, we were asked to bring uh, positive... Um, signs of um, that we'd had the vaccine, double vaccinated uh, or um, proof of a COVID test Uh, and again that didn't slow things up either so overall um, I thought the the survey results were really good, you know 90% of fans understood what they were supposed to to bring with them Um, and as I say 89% reported absolutely no delays going into the ground before the game as well, there was the you know it was a really good atmosphere leading up to the, to the to the uh, kickoff, um, and you know there was the big um, banner with Jordan Pickford on, um, and also at, uh, before the game there was the big screen tribute, which was very very moving. I thought to um, to the people who had lost their lives during the pandemic, and there were. I, you know, I'm a bit of a nerd like this, but I counted over 600 names on that list, or probably more. Um, but <laughs> I, I just thought it was very, very moving the whole thing and the way they did the Z cars uh, tune behind the behind that was back in was a little backing track to it. I thought it was very, very good. Um, the, also, of course, we lost one of our uh, great players from the 60s, uh, I mean Jimmy Gabriel. Um, for those. Uh, too young to remember Jimmy Gabriel, and I saw him once play at Goodison, but that was for Southampton in an eight-nil victory in the early seventies. Um, Jimmy Gabriel, if you ever get to see the the nineteen sixty-six cup final, Jimmy Gabriel's keeping up here in the last dying seconds of the game, and then belting the ball into the, into the crowd is something to behold. He's fantastic, and uh, yeah. so a sad loss for the club, um, but uh, a nice uh, tribute to him in the fourth minute of the game. And you don't mind on the the purple, the Premier League oh. purple zones that are are coming in as 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 well. Right. Yes. The the, the purple zones um, are areas. It shouldn't really have any effect on the supporters. Um, so it, it's it's used for post match interviews, and it's away from the pitch. Um, and the club are deciding um, where that is going to be. It's got to be, I think, off the pitch, but away from the supporters. So um, I think they were talking about areas just behind the dugouts, weren't they? 
yeah and as you said it's it, we've been told that there's not going to be any effect on fans because I know obviously with the red zone stand that you were impacted on but obviously it was dealt yeah. with very positively by the club yeah there, were, there, there yeah. were a number of seats lost for the red zones where they're not about 100 and odd seats mm-hmm. in the in family enclosure but uh, but this purple zone it's where they're carrying out interviews after the match usually um, but as you say uh, Siobhan it's it won't have any effect on on the fans. So, thank you. And then, um, Stan, you're going to provide an update on on Socios. Um, short update on that, and then we're going to do a little bit on the Everton women against uh, Manchester City on Saturday. Okay, Thanks. so uh, really, really good uh, presentation uh, on Socios by Mo. Explained explained a few things, and he did answer some. Like he he was bombarded with questions. So Socios, the an app where you can buy tokens that you can either collect or you can use them to 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 influence some fun decisions around what the club does. An example was used where it was used at one club to decide when they used a third kit and, and when they didn't. So you know and it and loads of like scope for the future. Lots of reassurance given that it wasn't an attempt to apply market forces to, uh, to 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 make money and get people hooked. Looked okay, you know. People had had um, d- different views, but it was it was well explained by Mo. Um, and the presentation it, it was was, was to, uh, that there had been misinformation about the, about the partnership between Socios and Everton. The the club confirmed that the partnership will not affect fan engagements and is not aimed at monetizing fan engagement. Which we all thought we, we all showed a sign of relief on that one. Uh, the partnership will use socios rights to create opportunities for fans, and there to be explained in further detail. And uh, the forum we're going to meet uh, independently to to discuss uh, socios, and the the forum will continue to monitor and review this. Yeah, definitely, because it is something that um, they're going to have a conversation with the next week about. Are they just to see about the partnership and, and moving forward yeah. and some further further questions? Yeah, and mm-hmm. then Everton, the Everton women's game uh, coming up on on this Saturday. Yeah, so Stan, do you want to give us a bit of a? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so it's it's the fourth of September at Goodison Park. Is it a three o'clock kickoff? No, it's half one. Half, half one. one. Oh, good job. I asked that one, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, you'd be so sitting we, there late. <laughs> and there was a discussion about the fact that it's a great opportunity for fans who don't get to Goodison Park too often. And I know Siobhan's taking a niece, and it's going to be her first game, and after that. Should be totally hooked and everything else that comes with that, you know, um, and a chance for people to take friends and and family to the game. You know, this is where they sit. This is what we do. This these are the people we know. Um, season ticket holders, hospitality members, waiting list uh, members are going are offered free tickets, and those who are paid uh, already will be refunded. Um, and it's a chance for for Blues to show the support to the women's team and game who've recently got. You know, a decent um, television uh, deal, and and that's on the up, isn't it? You know, it's on the up. Phil Neville, look what he done with the women, and, and you know, re- really good stuff. Yeah. So, I'm, as as you said, son, I'm, I'm taking my uh, five year old niece with my brother in law, dad, and brother, and it's yeah. going to be her first time at Goodison. So, I'm hoping, like, what I'm years old then here, uh, she does become um, a fan, and I can start taking her in the future. Um, my brother and brother in law and sister are not massive um but my sister's not a massive football yeah. fan at all but uh, her initials are actually efc <laughs> so i've said she hasn't got really? a choice <laughs> she's yeah, born <laughs> she's chosen so i'm hoping that you know the women's game it will be a good introduction uh, for her and, and other fans as you say um and really just to support the 
uh, the women's game and the team. You know, they've made some fantastic signings. Blue we're bringing, so we'll be keeping a close eye on that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll try my best. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to give you a very quick update on the fan support structure at the the club, um, and then um, hand over to um, Andy, who's going to go through uh, the away match days. But just a little bit about the, the fan support structure. So, the fan engagement team they've been in place since 2006, and they were it was the first Premier League club to have a fan engagement um, department. And obviously, having met them and worked with them so far on the forum, they are a fantastic bunch. Um, so they're only Premier League fan engagement PR media within the same pillar. And this has been independently highlighted as best practice to other Premier League clubs. So that's fantastic that Everton are seen in that that way um, and being um, head of the game. So it's just something to highlight and something that the, the uh, team took us through and the structure in the last meeting to help us understand um, how they all work as well. And you know what? You'd have to be impressed by their... Like, like the way they engage and they're really supportive. They love the club and you know they do do care for the fans. I think it's it's none of it was tokenistic, was it? Really, really good crew them, you know. Yeah, and it's a, forms very nicely into um, away match days. Uh, Andy, there's just a quick update on that from from the sports liaison officer role. Um, before we um talk about ticketing, which is one of the big, uh, the big items as well. But yeah, and away, Andy for away day match. If you want to give a brief update on that. Yeah. Um... The first protocol would be the fan centre um, and the supporter liaison officer role um, is action through the, the fan engagement team. So, you know, we, the, I think they said it was we were dealing with, uh, we were having a chat with Christine when we had the meeting. Um, and she was saying, you know, people, loads of people turn up and the, you know, they might have left a ticket behind or something like that. And that they're, they're really, really good at, at sorting out problems on the ground. Um, you know, at away at away games, especially, um, and you know, they, and they do a smashing job just to uh, to get people um, to get people through and into the game and enjoying the game, um, where the you know there might have been objections in the past. And as they said as well, like the sort of different systems they've tried and tested in the past, yes. and this offers like the best support, doesn't it? With as you mentioned, all the assistance that the fans need uh, for yeah. the away days, so. Yeah, and there's all sorts of things, you know. You, you know, especially going down to Brighton last week. You know, you're miles and miles away from home, and all sorts of things could go wrong. And and they they they, they do a range of fantastic things to just to to ease the uh, the the experience for everyone. So fantastic! So on to ticket and Andy as well to to say with you on this one. So this yeah, is a, okay. a bit of a big um, update. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the I think. A, a vote of thanks, really, for all the people um, at Everton um, at the fan centre for for all their efforts ahead of the Southampton game. It must have been because you know it was it was only a very very short uh, lead into the season this year, um, and with all the COVID stuff and the new digital um, ticketing. You know, there were all sorts of rumours going around and I think they, they got absolutely bombarded uh, with questions. Um, I think they, they were busier in that first week than any other week they've ever recorded in terms of numbers of phone calls coming in. Um, and I think, you know, they were really doing the best in a, in a very tricky situation. So I think we all owe them a, a, big, um, a big vote of thanks. Um, in terms of the tickets themselves... Um, 
I'm pleased to report there's seventy five percent of um of the season ticket members are uh, still retain the physical cards. Um so it's it's you know it it's we're a long way yet from going completely digital. But I think with this after this first year, this first season, once we got through that, then people will see these uh with which people can get into the ground uh with you know through their phone through di- digitally um and i think that that um 75% having physical cards will reduce quite dramatically um yeah, but, but, uh, you know we we did recognize as a group that the environmental damage caused by producing 40,000 fan cards has got got to be reduced it was just that thing about being fearful on the day, wasn't it? That caused I think, a bit of panic. I think it, I think it was. Um, you know, and, uh, there there is undoubtedly the 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 environmental um, question. Um, or you know, the, uh, the the packaging that we used to come in as well. The, you know, the, <laughs> there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, packaging which you could argue was unnecessary, but uh, it always looked. Nice, but as I say, the environmental. Uh, cost of that is uh, something else. Um, yeah, we've got um, the Everton for Change um, focus as well, which one of the forums um, involved in. Obviously, myself, I've got a digital card, but we are obviously conscious that a lot of fans do collect the season tickets as well. You know, yeah, from yeah. the ticket books to the or the waste, you know, stubs and everything through to the card. So we, we there is a, a val- like a sentimental element there as well. Um, and as you said, yeah. because it is something new, um, it, it change is might, it will take time. The the extra five pound um, for the, um, the the actual physical cards was an issue for some people, but you know it, it's um, it you're paying one off against the other, and it it, it raised about over a hundred grand as well, so that'll pay for someone's wages for uh, for a week or two probably. Um, um, the there was an issue with the the Leeds game um, that we we didn't get notification of. You know the ability to to buy tickets until very very late. Uh, I think it was just a week before, um, and that wasn't anything to do with uh, at our end. It was the fact that um, the um, you know there was very late notice from Leeds in terms of uh, the tickets that would be available, and and also the, the fact that we had three away games in a week. Um, so we requested earlier notification, but. You know, it, it was um, of, of ticket numbers, but it would, you know, it wasn't on the Everton side that that, that um, the uh, tickets were available so late. It was uh, it was down to uh, Leeds at the end of it. Um, but um, you know, it was uh, at the end of it all. We sold we sold out as usual. And now moving on to the the resale platform. So if you go on to um, the uh, you click on buy tickets on the website, and there is a um, there's an option to resell through the club, um, and um, you know the, the, up until last week, I think it was only the Burnley game which was available. I think that's now extended to to future matches as well, um, and it's been requested that um, you know that we get alternative options. Um, Rather than simply getting credit, um, including we, we could have uh, short-term bank refunds and donation options to uh, in the community um, as well. Um, that's something that we put forward at the meeting. 
Um, also, we requested um, a family and friends option um, for resale. Um, now, we've been told that, that you know there are that is available, and paper tickets can be printed on a case by case basis through the fan centre. There was the we proposed changes to away ticket sales windows. Now, at the moment. Um, it looks like the the ticket sales are starting at 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and that we raised this as a bit of an issue because a lot of people are at work at 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, especially, I've noticed because the Villa tickets went on sale. Uh, well, sorry, they're going on sale early next week. And there is there are two windows uh, per uh, on the, I think it's the Tuesday. Uh, there's a 10 o'clock sale and the 2 o'clock sale. Um and you need different numbers of credits for each one. And, it, you know, if, you, you, if you're if stuck at work and you can't get out of meetings at 10 o'clock, then, you you know, you might miss out and uh, and lose your credit. Cause, um, well, Barry gave some good suggestions on excuses for disappearing at 10 o'clock. Well, yeah, well, I was saying, Barry, <laughs> Barry, Barry you, if, if anyone's working with Barry, he's, um, you may notice he's not at his desk at 10 o'clock. But... <laughs> I think he, he's in the Carsey, isn't he? That's, um, <laughs> on the Carsey, on the phone. But, um, but yeah, so um, they're looking into that. And I, I think the, the general view was that they, they're they not sure why the 10 o'clock and they'll, they'll be looking to go back to 8 o'clock um, sale um, to start online sales anyway. Um, there was frustration that fans can try and buy um, away tickets when the sales window opens uh, and many seats are already unavailable and I think that, that's sort of an extension of the, the 10 o'clock, 8 o'clock argument Okay, thank you um, So I'll just give a brief update on the fan-led review So um, feedback from the club survey on this is not yet available uh, that fans um, completed um, but as people may or may not be aware, the forum did meet with eight other groups, um, including the Shareholders Association, three international groups, FSA members and so on, uh, to discuss next stages of developing a proposal to Everton and what effective fan representation at board level does look like. So each group is carrying out consultations this and next week ahead of the next uh, main meeting. So we should have more of an update on that um, after the next uh, fans forum and in the next um, podcast. Okay, so Max J Experience Group. Um, so as part of the forum, we do have uh, project groups, uh, one of which is Max J Experience. So that group met on the 18th of August and Stan is going to give us an update on some of the key things that were raised there and what the focus was. Yes, yeah, so of course, it, it focused on the Southampton match and uh, with all the concerns about ticketing and everything else. And uh, one thing that, that, was, that, was, that was mentioned straight away was that the stewarding was great. Like people, everyone was kept safe. You know, there was there was a bit of give and take, and lots of support from the stewards. And it was nice to see um, stewards that 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 we'd all known. You know, you, you get worried about that how did they go through COVID and things like that. So, you know, all them concerns. People went into that game with qu quite a few concerns. You know, cool. new manager, everything else. You know, well, little things made it good. And what I what I was really pleased about as a new um, fans forum uh, member was that lots of the stuff that was in place was, was stuff that the forum had discussed and suggested and pushed 
which was which is great to see that people are listening, the clubs listening. You know, uh, what, what a lot of things were said about the pre-match music. It really helped to build the atmosphere. Uh, the tribute was 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 great, wasn't it, to the people who've been lost during the pandemic? Mm-hmm. And there was a rogue photo in there, but listen, and uh, let, let's not focus on that because it was it was absolutely it was moving, and it was I was shocked to see how many people were part of that tribute. And I think if we had everyone in there who we'd lost in the area or supposed to have it, it would have been much more, you know. Oh. Um, the, the play, the little things like, um, you, you know. Uh, when when the players scored, they had like another video, like the introduction video when they read the names out, but it was a little bit more animated. That was good. That was a great one for the kids, that, because they'll be looking up for that when when a goal gets scored. Um, quite a bit of stuff around catering. Um, always, always be for football fans. But pricing, uh, the group thought that it does seem excessive uh, for the quality of the food. The meal deals don't feel like Meal deals and examples of um, four bottles of Carlin uh, for seventeen quid, which is a saving of about sixty pence on the normal um, on the normal price. Didn't seem an awful lot, really. It, somebody had brought some information about the Man United fans forum, and they've been really successful in reducing bottles of beer to, to cost to uh, three pounds, which is not like the end of the world, is it? You know, we we talked about as, as well. Um, Considering promotions uh, on on the day to encourage earlier attendance, uh, earlier entrance to to goodness. And I think I know lots of people who said, "Look, I turned up because I was worried about my tickets." And you know what? I think I'll go early again because I, I got involved in what was going on and got, took more interest and in all that kind of stuff. So that that was uh, that that was something. So looking for looking for like trying to get people in. You know, from from twelve to one thirty for for to, to spend a bit of time in the ground before the the match kicks off. You know, product availability. Uh, lots of items were sold out on the day. People queuing up. You know, nothing there when you when 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 you got there. You know, so questions were asked about sort of, and in some parts of the club, things are available and some parts are not. But but somebody explained that. That's about availability of space at different parts of the ground. There's lots of like logistical stuff there to look at, you know. I, um, I do understand, but yeah. you know, I, what I noticed because I, I got in early um, was that it, it wasn't so much that things weren't available, but it was just there was no signage as to what was on sale. I, I think that ah, could okay. really be improved. That, um, but no, I agree. I, I agree with. Um, I agree with what you're saying there about the uh, the pre-match, the build-up. I thought it was. Uh, I've never, I've never normally been that early yeah, since uh, yeah. you know for years and years. Um, I know what you're actually good. Enjoyed so, it. Uh, we we discussed like alcohol choice of premium lagers, IPA, prosecco, using local breweries, but this could be restricted um, due to like uh, commercial deals and pouring rights and things like that. So. There's a lot more to that than meets the eye. Yeah, People no, that's something that... that we're going to try and do yeah. for the new fans, you know, the stadium, yeah. but also the fan zone uh, when that's reopening and, and the opportunities and really push the club for that because being a big Prosecco fan and not, yeah. not, not that not being available and obviously I've had a couple of feedback from fans um, directly through Twitter and so on and the emails to ask about the choice of lager compared to other grounds yeah. and so on and comparisons with the ways. So it is definitely something that we're talking to the club about, but... 
as you said, it's it, it again definitely into the new stadium group and potentially the fan zone if there is those restrictions in, in, inside. Yeah, definitely. And given given um, fans from from other teams the chance to sample our our really good sort of local produce as well, you know. Uh, Kewen uh, was mentioned, and there was a suggestion of like pre pour and pints to to reduce waiting times. Um, also, it was mentioned, like similar to the entry festival, was mentioned a lot, where you've got the fellas who can come around and, like, you know, the vendors that I, I've seen them in, in concerts at, at the likes of the Etihad, where they've got almost got like tanks on their backs and they can uh, they can dispense drinks. You know, could could we do that? You know, and there's no handling of anything there as well. So you get your glass and and we look we looked at things like um delivery for seat for non-alcoholic items and pre-order stuff and collecting at half time and someone mentioned that Leeds had that but it was down on the day and i i went to some of the televised uh games took some kids to a televised game when when liverpool were on that european cup run and they were doing delivery to seats and that was that was really good but i, I can imagine when you've got a forty thousand uh, crowd that might be difficult the cashless payment issue was mentioned, and uh, uh, you know, cash options. We were saying, should cash options uh, now be available again? You know, the Premier League advice is a strong preference to, to cashless, of course, around COVID nineteen. Um, and years ago, I went to Coventry uh, City when they were in the Rico, and, and what the what the home fans had to do is top up a card in the ground and then use the card. But that was mainly because they didn't trust trust the staff. But there's always that you you don't have to do a machine anymore. You could do it before you want to play it pregnant, you know. Um I mean Jazz mentioned um uh, tickets that were that that were that were, that were trialed in Lower Gladys and Park Ends. What what, what was that about, uh, and Andy and Siobhan? Can you remember that? I think it was just about basically the um brought pre-match to enable collection of beer half-time from a separate queue. Oh, um, yes. So it's yes like there was trials in the past, yeah. So it's something, again, yeah. we can talk to the club about yeah. different options because especially, you know, our fans do. Some people prefer cash and just have cash, especially with certain yeah, yeah. roles and jobs. So it is about making it accessible for for, for everyone. Oh, Obviously, in line with COVID, we know that. But um, it's talking to the club about, well, what can be done as alternatives then? Yeah, I think that was kids getting turned away in the family enclosure because they only had cash as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. But, you know, just for the future, when we're talking about the new stadium and that, you know, we we got to start thinking about those sort of things, future proofing it, you know, five yeah, yeah. and all that sort of thing. And you know, in in ten years' time, people will expect these things. You know, people will. Expect <laughs> you know what? There's a, there's a number of clubs who've done this now, isn't it? In, in recent times, and I'm sure that the people that sell all those facilities will be right on to Everton saying, look, if you want to do this and you want to do that, so, and I'm Absolutely. sure Everton will listen as well. So yeah. uh, what we wanted to mention is that a separate meeting with Sodexo, the uh, the catering people, is, is going to be arranged so we can do like a questions and answers with them. Yeah. Somebody mentioned that the Siren and Z-Cars timing appears out, um, but I, I think it was explained that it's possibly due to the players entering from different locations because of the COVID arrangements. Um, the tickets, the web chat function for the fan centre uh, was, was mentioned to, to, to aim at reducing call waiting times. Updates available on account to, to enable updates on tickets, dispatch dates, and additional testing opportunity prior to the, the, the prior to the Burnley game for fans experiencing issues with digital cards. We're probably 
isn't so much of an issue there. And a, a really interesting um, issue was brought up about looking, to, you know, looking for a, a new Everton anthem, and it, and that should be fan led, and and um, you know, with club support to, to advertise involvement in that. And I think the idea centered that maybe looking at this like historical time, moving to a new ground, leaving somewhere that's been home for a long time, and looking towards the future. Uh, and I, I think that's that's a really exciting idea, you know. Um, the banners, the banners were were good. Jordan's banner was great and and, and well earned. But my view is that it could have been left down for a little bit longer. I was looking at him to see if he'd actually seen it, and I think he did. Um, but but you know, could have been a little bit longer, maybe. We've we've talked about um, mystery shopping or test purchasing as it's used, where people are given the funding to go test, you know, buy something and then against a, against a, a, a set requirement um, you, you know it recording data that can be analysed to say how well people done um, and things like that you know so and, and that was about it on the, on the match day experience Yeah Thank you very much So I'll just give our final update Medium group so this is a, a new project group um, I'm the current lead for, for the uh, project group and we had our first meeting on the 19th of, of August so we just had an initial meeting where we got an instruction from Colin Chong which was fantastic um, and a presentation from Mo to explain the journey so far you know the 11 key principles and like the 12 sorts of plans in, in line with the build and we're, we're currently scoping the role of the forum within this project but essentially we're going to be acting as a custodian for transferring the best of Goodison to Bramley Mordock we're going to make sure we continue and build on the fan engagement because the fan engagement to date has been it has been fantastic um, and we're going to identify views ideas concerns for Bramley Moor but also Goodison legacy and we're also going to make sure obviously it's open honest and independent dialogue with the club and supporters um, and we have our next meeting uh, next Tuesday the, the 7th where we're going on, on to site and we're going to have a conversation afterwards as a as a project group to really focus on what's sort of short term medium term long term and stage and so on there's a couple of things we're going to be supporting that the club with um as well but some key areas that um we identified so far is around pricing seat allocation looking at ideas from other grounds so what other new grounds have done and taking sort of ideas from that and maybe the best practice stuff but also engage with younger fans as well uh, from goodison and obviously beyond and get their views on on bramley Mordock as well that's really exciting that stuff isn't it, it really is it's um it's and it's not long away now. It's um, you know, those two years, three years will go very, very quickly. I know it's going to be. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you know we've only ever known Goodison where you know it's oh. certain seats and the um, obstructed views, but it's a uh, it's a fortress of a ground, isn't it? So I think we're all yeah. going to miss it. But this shows the ambition of the club, um, and shows where the club you know wants to be and want, wants to compete. Um, Definitely. Ticket waiting lists and the the demand from fans it gives that opportunity of more people to to be able to go to the game. But we definitely want to yeah. obviously protect the Goodison legacy and bring over what you know we want to carry on in terms of match day experience, atmosphere, and then some new things. You know, we've had conversations with a couple of fans already about what we do like pre and post game, which we sort of talked about. You know, even at Goodison now, but even post game, creating more of a day out and having opportunities afterwards, and even if there's opportunities to keep the bars open and so on. So there's all yeah. sorts and. 
talking to the club, you know, they're open for all suggestions and ideas. But as it is a three-year project, there's going to be certain timings for certain things. So we're going to plan ours in line with, with all of that then and uh, yeah. really getting the voice of the fans. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's it. That's it from the three of us for our first ever podcast. Be kind to us. <laughs> I'd just like to say yeah, thank you for, for listening and um, any questions. So for the stadium group, you can email stadium at evertonfansforum.com and for anything else, you can go to communityfansforum.com or the various different email groups um, on the website linked with the projects or social media on Twitter, Facebook and uh, Instagram. <laughs>